All right, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. Today we are in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, looking over one of the most important days of uh, Israel's history here, which was uh, the instructions in the meaning of the Day of Atonement. Its uh, Hebrew word is Yom Kippur, which, which is day and, and atonement, once a year. And so, once a year, they, uh, they, the priest would uh, make the atonement for the sins of the people of Israel. And there was one specific priest uh, that was dedicated for this task. So we're going to really get into that uh, a little more just to kind of get into the text. But, but i just like to elaborate a little bit of what we're getting into. So again, we look at these things and we think to ourselves that, that wow, you know, this was a lot of work. And and sure enough, back in these days, it was a lot of work. Aaron, who was the you know the high priest, if you will, in his in his lineage was the priesthood, had much to do for this kind of stuff, especially on this day. And there was much preparation, there was much involved, and so thank God for today that we have the blood of Christ Jesus to uh, cover once and for all. And but you know when I look at this stuff, I look at. I look at this with interest because God himself implemented this. God himself designed this. And then we see how it merged from the Old Testament to the New Testament, giving us an understanding of what and why. So this is why it's important to, to look at this first. You know, to, to, to look at this, to have an understanding of what and why. Why Christ had to die for our sins, why God implemented the sacrifice of particular animals in certain days, such as the Day of Atonement. Why Why is the question? So this is what we're doing. Is we're, we're examining why. And each particular chapter is kind of like a key to each door. And we're unlocking the, we're unlocking the doors of each book, of each chapter. And, and therefore... Unlocking the ways of God, Amen. So we want to make sure that it's a, that it's something that we just really understand. We're understanding God. So with that, the best way to understand it is to read it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start us off here in verse one through five. It says, "Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at, uh, at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat." Thus, Aaron uh, shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull a, uh, as a sin offering and of a ram with, as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with linen sash and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments, therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering, and one ram as a burnt offering. So to elaborate, again, this was the greatest day of the year for them. It was, uh, again, the word, um, the Hebrew word for atonement means to cover. So the, the bottom line was is that the sins of these sacrifices did just that. They covered for the time. And so this was what they did for the once a year. Now, in the tabernacle, in the very back of, of what was built in the tabernacle, um, which was also explained in the book of Exodus, there was what was called the Holy of Holies. There was, there was the very back room that was covered by a large veil, almost like a curtain. 
And, and that was where God had showed up as he said, I will appear in the, in the form of a cloud. And so nobody was just to go back there. And you weren't just to go back there whenever you felt like it. <laughs> it was dedicated at this t- particular time of the year. And so the people con- what it is was the people confessed their sins as a nation. And then the high priest, because there was uh, 70 priests, and then there was one high priest, and the high priest who was appointed would be the one to go in and, and to, to make the atonement, because the sacrifices and, and the blood that was shed was for the people's sins. And therefore, it would be covered. Now this, of course, as I mentioned before, this, this was what was done until the time of Christ. Now again, because nowadays people have asked, what what do they do now? Because there is no tabernacle and there's no temple. So the, during this time, you know, after the temple had been destroyed in 70 A.D., as well the second temple, I should say, you know, they they had to reform, if you will, their atonement. So if I'm not mistaken, I believe as of modern days, their atonement nowadays is done in that of good deeds. Now completely different compared to the system back then. Doing some good deeds is fine, but back in these days, it's, it's kind of really comparing apples to coconuts now, compared to apples and oranges, because doing a good deed is completely different from a blood sacrifice. And so, this was it. It was covered for the nation. Right, it was covered for the nation, so they would they would come in and make the atonement. So Aaron would Aaron, being the, the high priest, would would have to come in, and God gave the instructions. And so, again, this was something that had to be done. There was the blood of the young bull as a sin offering, and uh, and then there was the goats. And, and so. The goats kind of represented, uh, they had the representation. Okay, so it, it didn't remove the sins, but it covered them. And so, the goats basically, one of them had to do with, a lot of times as I mentioned before, I think I, I, I brought this up during the sacrificial system of the scapegoat and the other goat. One, one goat would be used as what's called the scapegoat, where they would transfer the sins in a ritual into the one goat and send them off into the wilderness. And then the other goat would be one of a sacrifice. So, uh, as part of, the, as part of the, uh, the blood sacrifice. So, this is what they did. This was the, uh, the distinction, if you will, between, between God and, and the people of Israel and what had to be done that was from symbolization and as well as sacrifice. And so he, he was not to dress a certain way. He was, he was to be dressed in the form of holy garments, as God said. He was to bathe, and he was to put on holy garments before going in there. So when we go to heaven, you know, we're going to be clothed in, in, in new garments. We're going to have new bodies and as well as uh, garments as well. So I think that it's, again, this is what we're seeing, is we're getting a little glimpse of what God created because we see the, the, the certain cultures of heaven being brought down on earth. So let's continue here in verse uh, 6 here. Um, I'm going to go to 6 to 10. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and, and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for the, and for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the, 
bring the goat on which the Lord's uh, lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell uh, to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness, as I just mentioned. So I did uh, elaborate a little bit on that on how that was done. And so Aaron himself or whoever the high priest was, had to do for their own sacrifice first. We, we forget that just because somebody is a priest, a pastor, an elder, a leader, whatever, your, whatever our position is, it, it, we are not sinless, okay? The, the leaders are not sinless, but we are called to sin less. <laughs> and so that's what, we're, that's what the fight is for. That's what the whole thing is for, because again, this was done every year. Somebody did something wrong, right? And of course, you know, for especially, we do it daily, but you know, people try their best, if you will, to try, to try to, to be holy, to be set apart. And so, but again, impossible, I'm sorry, it is impossible to be without sin, and and it's very clear in First John in the New Testament. It, it, John himself said that if anyone says that they're without sin, they deceive themselves. So even he, the one who was closest to Christ Jesus, you know, is the one who made that known. So again, we had the the priests, the Levites, bringing their offerings, and then uh, and then doing so for the many people. But on this particular day, it was empty except for one man doing the work. So, this was, again, very important, very precious, but also very dangerous, too. I think we're going to get into that, and if I don't see that here um, in, in the continuing verses, I'm going to explain what happens. Unholiness is, is a very serious issue. 11 to 14 says, And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. And shall kill the bull as the sin offering, which is for himself. And then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, with his hands full of uh, sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Now, this again was, was the bull of the sin offering, was, as God said, for himself. Uh, for, for Aaron being the high priest. Aaron had to present himself first, or whoever the high priest was had to present themselves first before going in. And and so it only makes sense. It only makes sense. It, it, it's kind of like having a, a doctor who's about to operate on you with unwashed hands, and, and if that happens, that doctor is guaranteed to probably spread some sort of disease, if not death. So God took this in the spiritual and also in the washing, because he told him to, to make sure you bathe before coming in here. So every aspect of him had to be in the form of cleanliness, both from the spiritual and the physical. And, and so... He puts the incense on the fire before the Lord, right? And, and what this always did was is it created a pleasant smell to be raised up, right, in the most of the holy place. And then it created this, like, this cloud of smoke to cover the mercy seat. 
And so, but he says here, lest he die, right? And so, that's the scary part of this whole thing. Is that if the priest were to go into the Holy of Holies, completely unwashed and completely... Um, or coming in with with sin or iniquity in their minds and hearts before entering there, they would fall dead. And so this was a very serious issue. So with that, if all if all was good, he'd be able to take the blood of uh, the bull and sprinkle it on his finger of the mercy seat. So he would take it, and and it was on the 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 lid. It was like on the top of the Ark of the Covenant on this box. And so. We, we again we see this this mercy seat. It was built. All of this was designed in the book of Exodus, and so now we're getting the, the more of the um, the inner parts of why it's being done, how and why. And, and the blood would be put on the mercy seat because again, without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins. Now, when I look at the uh, again in the New Testament on what God did for us, I think to myself how blessed we are. That he created an easy access, an easy access for atonement, an easy access for us to come to the Lord at any time through prayer, through what Christ Jesus did. Now again, if I was teaching this from an Orthodox Jewish standpoint, the word Jesus would not even be in the picture here. Okay, but again, because of what I do, who I am, and what I know... This goes hand in hand. What we see here is the bridge. Okay, because because the the Jewish people did not see Christ Jesus as the Messiah and they still don't. But he proved to be just that. But yet he was still denied and still is denied to this day. But we have we have such proof of who he is and what he did and what he continues to do that is the difference maker right there so we thank God we praise God that he basically went ahead and built this bridge back in this day and so I think to myself thank you Lord because this again is a very tedious messy process not something I'd want to uh, have to deal with uh, especially as that of a pastor if you will I thank God for what he did and I thank God for his uh, for his atonement Right, because again, when we look at this stuff, you take the goat and, and the two different things. You had the the first goat was for the forgiving of the sin, okay, and then and then the second was the one who was sacrificed, which were removing the guilt through the second goat. So again, something every year, once a year. So people probably think to themselves, "Gosh, what happened to somebody? You know, when they passed away." And they didn't get to. They didn't get to do this. Very, very interesting concept. You know, the, the very interesting concept and, and very interesting questions that people had. And there's and there's questions that I myself can't really answer accurately because of how this was set up. But what I can tell you is is that that I've had people talk to me before and ask me. I'll, I'll use this as an example. The people, people always said, well, what happens to those who have never heard about the Lord? Who is, what happens to those who never heard about the Bible? Or what happens to those who never knew God, never knew Christ? And, you know, do they go to hell? Is that, is that righteous of God? Now, 
the only thing that I could say very simply and accurately about God is that God will always make the right decision. Okay, so I don't know what He's going to do. I'm not up there with Him to see how He judges people except for what I know through Scripture. But because of the unclarity of certain things like that, all I could say is, is that God will always make the right decision. And His decision will always be blessed and holy. And, and who are we to question such a thing? So, again, I, I'm thankful to the Lord in what He's done. 15 and 19 says, And then He shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring its blood inside the veil, uh, do with the blood as He did with the blood of the, of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So He shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins, and He shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all his assembly of Israel. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. And he shall uh, take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And then he shall sprinkle some of the blood of it with his finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from the uncleanliness of the children of Israel. So again, this was, uh, he shall kill the goat of the sin offering. The bull provided the atonement for the sin. Okay, and then this was brought inside the veil, sprinkled seven times, the, the, the number of, of completion. And then it was made atonement for the holy place. And so, again, we look at these Jewish traditions. And I think of the only the high priest could do this. And, and when he entered the holy place of the blood of the goat, it was set apart to God, to the Lord. And so, he was the only one at this time so we have Christ as the high priest so this blood was applied to the mercy seat and then there was horns Okay, so there was these horns which typically horns in the bible always represented uh, that of power Okay, so horns, if you ever read about horns in the Bible, it's always a form of, 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 uh, of power could be also rec- uh, recognition of a nation and, and so uh, this this use was used three times. Their transgressions, okay, their sins, their uncleanliness, and and what it does is it gave the emphasis, it gave the idea of of the sinfulness of the people, and, and so again, God God does not know sin. But I've always said that he knows how to clean it up, and this is what we're looking here. Is we're looking at the we're looking at the important uh, uh, remedy, if you will, on how to clean up a mess. Even though God does not know sin, thank Him for knowing how to clean it up, and praise Him for uh, for being able to do such. Now, twenty to twenty-two, or we could even go further than that, maybe. Um, let's see here. Let's do twenty to twenty-two. And when He was made an uh, an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting in the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all the transgressions concerning of their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. 
And the goat shall bear on itself all the iniquities to an inhabited land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. And so, again, that was the, that was the symbolic part of it. The priest would, would press his hands on the head of the goat and then release it into the wilderness. And so, again, this was the demonstration of the Old Covenant on how they did things. And so, we've always heard the difference between people saying separating the sheep from the goats. You know, they didn't ever, this was not meant for a sheep in the form of the sacrifice. Okay, the sheep were the more of the representation of God's people. Where the goats were always more of a representation of the opposite of God's people. And so, that's why we, we see the kind of like the goats being used in this, in this particular outlook. Uh, 23 to 28 says, And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of meeting, and shall take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. He shall wash his body with water in a holy place, put on his garments, come out and offer the burnt offering but uh, and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. The fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar, and he who released the goat as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was uh, brought to make the atonement in the holy place shall be carried outside the camp and they shall burn in the fire their skins, their flesh, and their offal. And then he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and afterward he may come into the camp. So after that he was ready to come back in. Uh, the scapegoat was released. He, was, he changed. He was washed. And he was ready to basically come back in. And so pretty simple in that aspect. Um, not too much there to uh, uh, to look at. That's uh, very elaborating on. But again, it's just it's something that God had um, that God had basically done. You know, we don't we don't want to walk into the place with bloodstained clothing because that's that's not God's design. So it's o- it's only fitting to change the garments. And so the, the the on this day of atonement the high priest was humbled, right? He was to be spotless. And so by that he would be victorious. And so thank God for again for for the uh for for the instruction. I remember uh, teaching a session and I forget what chapter it was, but I know it was in the book of Exodus and if you look back on the website uh, in the book of Exodus, that title of that message was called Dressed for Holiness. And, and that particular message gave the instruction on the garments and what and why. So if, if you have interest in that, you can always go back to that, particular, uh, to that particular chapter and listen to that titled message called Dressed for Holiness. Now 29 to 31 says... This shall be a statute for you in the seventh month, on the t- on the tenth day of the month. You shall afflict your souls and, and do no work at all, whether a native uh, of your own country or a stranger who dwells among you. For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that, the, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your, uh, your souls. It is a statute forever. So, you shall afflict your souls. You know, God wanted them to uh, to afflict themselves. To again, this was about humility. It was about re- repentance. 
right? And so, doing this was an identification of their cleanliness. And so, again, modern Jews today, like I said, they've changed things around. They don't... Modern Jews don't observe the Day of Atonement. You know, maybe they'll fast for the day, fast for the day, or something of the sort in prayer. I'm not exactly sure, but again, they have created new, uh, particular things nowadays in, in in the form of a substitute, which is a lot a lot less messy. And so they also consider uh, charity and so, stuff like that to do um, uh, in the form of sacrifices. Like I said, good deeds were the were the replacement. Charity is the is the replacement, and so. They uh, they did that. Now there are also some particular uh, Jews that actually took things to a very uh, to a very extreme level to where they would actually harm themselves, lash themselves, if you will. Um, you know, crawling on their hands and knees and stuff like that. Uh, you know. Uh, taking the skin off of their knees. I mean, I've heard some really bizarre things in, in particular uh, Jews around parts of Eastern Europe who would do this stuff. So to them, that was like a, a particular day of atonement for them on punishing themselves, but that was never in God's design. So that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord, was the, it was the afflicting of the one soul. Taking the rest and the observance is what God wanted. Right, and so it's a solemn rest for you. This this was this was for the people's benefit. This was for the people's benefit in every aspect. Right, the the, the Sabbath day was to be spent with God, but it was also in the in the benefit of the people. That's what it came down to. So, but again, like I said, people have created uh, their own form of of. Atonement, their own form of, of sacrifice, their own their own form of, of uh, religious um, ceremonies, if you will, and, and these, these were things that God did not implement. But again, like I said, the things that they do nowadays are are good things, and that's up to God to basically uh, <laughs> you know to judge on their works if they if that's what they want to do. Uh, all I'm doing is making known exactly what they do because I know there's been some questions in the past from people of like, well, what do they do now because they're not sacrificing animals? So no, they won't, they can't do that because there's no temple and there's no particular place for it. So they had to substitute. So our substitute was Christ Jesus. So if, if that was our substitute who came and died for our sins. Now let's see here. Uh, let's do 32 to 34, and that should cover this chapter, which says, And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to minister as the priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen clothes, the, the holy garments. Then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting and for the altar. He shall make atonement for the priest and for all the people of the assembly. There shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did for as the Lord commanded Moses. Making atonement in the holy sanctuary. And so, this pretty much, again, describes this chapter. Once a year. You know, once a year. And so that's a whole lot of sins to be built up. <laughs> right? That's a whole lot of sins to be built up for all of this. 
again, thanking God for today is what I want to make known here. You know, God gave us access to Him through Christ. Right? And so, the one thing we want to remember still is that this was how they did it in the Old Testament. This was the access to God through the priest of the Old Testament. And thank God for that back then. But we must never forget that God is, is still holy, always has been, always will be. And, and we don't want to use this privilege for us to, to approach God carelessly. Carelessly, you know, because I think we do that still to this day sometimes. You know, I heard this saying once that stood true from, from a pastor that we're more afraid of offending people than we are of offending God. When really we should be more concerned on how we approach God more so than just by approaching God more so than being worried about how we offend people. Because this was God's way. It was, God made Christ the sacrifice as an easy access. Right, and, and we want, we need, and we must want to prepare our hearts as we do to draw near to Him in prayer. We were allowed to come to Him through Him through prayer. That's our that's our plumb line to Him. That's our access to Him. Where two or more are gathered, Christ said, yeah, "I'm in Your presence." But He hears our prayers. We just want to make sure that that what's important in the New Testament as well is that we do not have iniquity in our hearts, because the Bible says that our prayers will not be heard with iniquity in our hearts. So the thing that we do today, which is what I do at the end of every message is give an opportunity to receive that once and for all atonement, who is that of Christ Jesus. For you to receive Him as your Lord and Savior through faith, and, and bringing Him into your heart for that of true repentance. Repentance means to turn back, but you, you can't repent unless you've received Christ. You must receive Christ through faith, and through that you work on your sins as He works through you in the Holy Spirit. It's a fight for the rest of our lives. But again, like I said before, we will never be sinless, but we can always try to sin less. God help us. And so, and He knows the battle. He knows the struggle. But we must be willing, and we must be willing first and foremost to receive Him. Not once a year, you come to Him daily. We We ask Him to forgive us of our trespasses. We want to make sure that our hearts are right before we come to Him. So if you want to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, if you want your ticket into heaven, if you want to be one with Him, you can do that by receiving Him right now. And I want to give you that opportunity by saying this prayer, if you want to repeat it with me, to receive Him into your heart and into your life, and He will come into you and be with you and receive you and write your name in the book of life. You will receive your your place in heaven as He is in you now, and you will be able to to have access to Him. It's like it's it's basically just like being able to call your father anytime you want, and he he would love to hear from you. But right now, he really wants to hear from you if you have never called upon Him. So let's do that now, if you feel led, just to repeat after me, dear God, please forgive me, forgive me of all of my sins is I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. I ask of you to cleanse me of my sins. 
And I ask of you, Lord, to wash me clean of all my sins, Father Lord, through your blood. As I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, I receive you as my Father. And I pray that we will walk together all the days of my life. And when my time comes, that I will be with you. As I receive you now, and I thank you and I love you, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I know again, like I say, I know that certain books and chapters are not exactly very exciting to us because it's not in the here and now. But again, this is God here. This is God's, this is God's doing. It's the same God that we worship and talk to. So remember the importance of it. Because He is important. His Word is important. If, if He didn't want us to have this, this wouldn't be here. It's not to be ignored. We don't want to be ignored. So let's go ahead and, and, and pursue God more and more. Every book, every chapter, to, to know Him more in how He operates. He knows how you operate. So, this is a good way to meet Him halfway. I know He's pleased by people wanting to know Him in every way. Because if we don't, then really that's just our selfishness. We only want to know a little bit of God. Let's get to know Him in and out. He gave us access through His Word. And now He gave you access through Christ and an access to heaven. So may God bless you. I hope you said the prayer. And may you continue to walk strongly with Him. God bless you.